and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sachs. Remember how bad the music used to be, MB? <laughs> Unbelievable. What a what an incredible return on our investment with the sound truck and the producers and the overdubbing and the whole thing. We nailed, fucking nailed it. Just goes to show you with an unlimited budget what you can accomplish. For anyone that's new to the show, welcome to the program where we uh, will do accounting 201 this week. Um, but where this program used to open with a, a really, really tough audio segment that, that sometimes consisted of like an equalizer. And, and it was just a brutal introduction that people gave us a really hard time about. But we... We persevered through that, and uh, we upgraded the audio. We got a um, a Super Bowl producer on board, a 12-time Emmy Award. We got some advice from uh, an yeah. entertainment business legend, um, and he said, stick with it. It's good. It's, it's, it's on brand for you guys. You just need a little quality improvement. And here we are, season four, and we sound great. And the number one podcast in the world. Did you know that? I did. That's, did you see we have an app now? Did, did you see? The app? Yeah, I'm 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 a party to that. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that was the webmistress run amok. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, we have an app. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about the uh, app. We'll talk about the app and the festival after we talk about how the Fed needs to hike rates. They need to hike rates. Yeah, we're not cutting rates. We're gonna hike. We we need, we're gonna have another. We're gonna hold it until until June, July, and then we're gonna hike it maybe. Okay. Um, I I wouldn't rule it out. I I I'm not I'm not leaning one way or another. In fact, I um, wanted to tell you um, I'm crying, Uncle. Like I have no. I, I usually give you the old you know, June and December or whatever fucking month you want, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm uncle. Well, uncle. good. That That's perfect for your prediction of choppy 
data and tough oh. to read. So your oh, overall goodness. umbrella, the overall umbrella has, has protected us from this storm. So um, to steal from Grant's interest rate observer, um, I'll just go ahead and if Jim doesn't like the free publicity, he can sue me or us, depending. Oh, no, no, no. We love we love Jim here. Like, almost daily grants. Go ahead. He uh, goes into, and because of my failing eyesight and poor light, I won't be able to read this entirely, but he breaks down part of the CPI number that freaked everybody out. And apparently uh, he he's looking at um, there's a uh, exotic measure called the Cleveland Fed's 16% trim mean CPI, which excludes items whose expenditure weights fall in the top 8% and bottom 8% of the price exchange distribution, printed at a 0.5% versus at a 0.4% in December. Shut now, up. yeah, exactly. So it is I have said many times, first and foremost, one number does not a trend make. Secondly, economic turning points. I will continue till they rip this mic from my, you know, dead hands that at inflection points, these numbers are worthless. And so we continue to come back to the same thing over and over again. It, you need to base your decisions off of your own situation. And if you're in the business of being a professional money manager, which I am not anymore, uh, you know, first of all, do no harm, right? Secondly, there was a really nice article and Bloomberg, I think, describing describing how the hedge funds are taking even more money from investors. Um, again, uh, a very minor but noteworthy victory for the little guy. Apparently, and I don't have all the details, but word on the street is some court has decided that the real estate brokers have colluded to keep the uh, commissions artificially high. Now, you know, when I went to school, which was a long time ago, anti-monopolistic behavior uh, yielded what was called treble damages. Treble, for those of you who aren't music musicians, means three. Now, I, I think they got hit with a pretty big fine, but you know, as I've said many times, and I, I do think it bears repeating, real estate brokers are like prostitutes without the integrity. And um, now they're getting even less money. So for all those housewives with nothing to do, picking up two, three hundred grand a year, schlopping people around in the Mercedes that their depreciation. Yeah. I recommend Costco. <laughs> and here's there's a couple reasons. So let's say you're in the military. Yeah. And you do your service and you get out of the military and you can't get a job. All you have to do is go to Costco and they will give you a job. Another way to get a job at Costco is to go to Costco and you ask for a job and they'll give you a job. So the military seems a little yeah. bit overkill. Yeah. But um, I I think some of these Greenwich moms, um, yeah, I like to see them put their back into it a little bit. Because I remember uh, many a night I might be at a bar, uh, or well, let me rephrase, at a restaurant waiting to meet somebody for dinner. The the Greenwich housewives with the dye jobs would be drinking their Chardonnays, bitching about their husbands. And you know what? I don't blame you either. Most of the guys there are slobs. But, you know, 
what can I tell you? I, you know, move on. I, I think the world needs more teachers. Stop it. Stop it. Go get a, go get a teach, learn how to teach middle school English. Do um, something. Dude, the, the state of Americans, the education system, both my parents were teachers, as you know. Uh, yeah. My father taught public school for 38 years in New York. My mother taught in private school for 40 years in New York. Um, yeah. Still got students that come back and thank them. They keep in touch with hundreds of students. My dad was a legend. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, but it's like the yeah. teachers, like teachers now, the public school system has become so frightening. I, it's, it, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the school system. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about where I'm going to send my kid and all that. Um, And college, am I going to send my kids to college? College is like spring break at a luxury hotel with a, with a couple of classes. They're going to come listen to you talk about accounting kids these days. I, you know, it, it's, it's difficult because I, I think it's easy for guys like us and, and, and just to remind everyone, you and I are separated by a fair amount of years. It's not like we're two years apart, right? Yeah, we're we're separate generations. Yeah. So I think it's easy for us to to puss on the kids sitting at home playing Xbox. You know, we didn't grow up in that environment. We didn't have the helicopter parents. We didn't have the iPhones. I, my sister was out here uh, to visit. and Stop she, right there. Wait, wait, wait. Before you said the iPhones, I want to thank 13D, and I want to thank the I want to thank our, uh, who sent me the the listener that sent us the the note that 13D put out about how iPhones wreck kids and how like I don't know how it got I don't know why 13D got on it, but somebody sent it to me. Is it what is his name Ara or is it Ava? You should know this. I sent it to you. It's Ara. All right. Um, he yeah, sent I that about how. 13D used their platform and instead of yeah. shooting gold and telling you to buy gold on Sunday night and sell it on Thursday, whatever they did, they were doing, they used that platform to, to, to broadcast that note and that whole study about how dreadful and damaging iPhones are. I'm delighted you brought that up. As a former subscriber of 13D, okay, you know when they should have been talking about this? 2018, yeah. when Jared Lanier yeah, yeah. wrote a book, I put the book down. I didn't finish it. I put the book down. I walked into my study and I eliminated my Facebook and uh, whatever fucking thing I had. Instagram, yeah. Instagram or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And I told you it's a fucking cancer. Yeah. So, no, they get no kudos. Okay. They, All right. I'm throwing the fucking flag. Okay. And 20 grand a year. You're, it, you, you, you've been bullish on gold forever. And now, and now you're going to discover the internet is bad <laughs> for children. Okay. No, no, I, I'm crying bullshit on that one. All right. All right. We've, we've talked about it. No, no, no I, 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 you had your rant one day and I, I'm, I'm going to get mine. Okay. Where's yours? So I'm particularly sensitive to this because I'm a father of three daughters and I have a family with a history of some mental illness. And so I did my homework. And as we have discussed, and this falls into the category of more debate than hard science, but there is general agreement that the teenage brain doesn't become mature until something into the very early to mid 20s, which is why if it hasn't happened already, you'll see this with your children, e.g. will do something completely stupid and you'll be like, why did you do that? And he'll say, I don't know. And you know the truth is he doesn't know. He he just doesn't know. Why? Yeah, it's like you hitting the kid with the plane. I know. I think about it every time this thank you for remembering that. Or the 16-year-olds will all tell you they know if they smoke, it can give them cancer and kill them. But they don't have that logic circuit in place, right? 
that makes them think, well, then maybe I better not start now because quitting is hard, right? They, they don't have that. So this situation took place at a time where you're in that age group of, let's say, 17 to 22. That is when the young adult mind is most susceptible to very, very serious mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar, um, e eating disorder. Um, what's that eating disorder? Anorexia. Anorexia, right? bulimia, yeah, all of that. All yeah. these things, okay. And I remember during that period of time, during my daughter's lives, just always being a little bit on the edge of my chair because I knew, you know, they're in a complicated world. Who knows what you want to do with your life? Do you, do you want to be a, a business person? Do you want to be a mother? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be an artist? You don't know. There's all sorts of changes with your body going on. And now we've introduced uh, this concept that uh, Jaron Lanier had talked about, which is the bullying and the, the group collection effect of these things. And so I think, you know, I, I don't give 13D kudos for doing that. I, I, I just don't. I think they're late. Yet they, they claim to have success at every turn. And I canceled my subscription to it. I, I just, I'm tired of hearing the self-congratulatory thing about how in 1979, he called the turn in interest rates. Very, very bright man, very amiable. I think he has overcome some incredible life challenges. His personal story is worth reading. I think that's great. But, you know, it's not show friends, it's show business. And they're in the business selling newsletters. And, you know, I, I, I just I just get a little tired of paying for stuff that I'm figuring out on my own. You know, that somebody forwarded me this thing. I think it might have been a Gage Cal piece. What's their suggestion now? Guess. Where are you supposed to put your money now? No, no. say it. Say it. No, no, they did not. They can't do that with a straight face. Silver. They have. They must have said silver. Please tell me it's silver. I think. Well, I think it was more like gold, but silver looks cheap. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, come They're on. Like matadors. They're like matadors. <laughs> the the um the life coach Leslie Harris says something like, "Go pick another wall to bang your head against." Yeah, really. You know, not on my. Not on my fucking nickel. It, 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 for all of those claiming I'm an old man shouting at clouds, guilty, yet, Your Honor, doesn't mean I'm wrong. Right. I agree. So I, I'd like to... Now, I've been a risk manager in some shape or form for maybe more years than you've been alive. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I thought I heard every excuse in the world. I, you know, yeah. uh, the, the P&L clerk was wrong. A trade got posted late. Bad fingers. The, yeah. They marked it on the offered side. Yep, yep, yep. This clown at Greenlight, David Einhorn. Mm. Okay, you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Well, yeah, go ahead. The market is broken. I mean, for fuck's sake, I, what is the sweetest music I could hear someone say to me is uh, arbitrageur? The market is broken. Perfect. Fantastic. I'm in. <laughs> Show me. Up. Yeah. 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 Cut the crap. Wow. Yeah. And in, in, um, this is what I invite people to do. They don't have to, but I took um, two funds. One is Pershing Square, and you can get their net asset value on their website. Mm -hmm. And the other is a hedge fund that 
I uh, signed up for. Uh, you know, I put in a redemption several years ago. I still don't have the money back. Yeah. Um, but what I did was this, and and I went through this. Uh, I won't say Big Ed uh, audited my numbers, but he went through my philosophy, which was basically, okay, in year one, you make 10%, but the investor pays tax. Now, I understand many investors are tax exempt, but uh, this was, you know, if I'm going to put money in one of these things, this is how I'm going to do it. So year one, you pay tax, but they don't reduce the amount of your investment by the tax you pay. They just assume you have the same amount of money in. And then year three, they lose 30%. Okay. Now you don't get to, to, to take the 30% loss. You're limited to $3,000 a year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So we, we, we go back and forth. Meanwhile, the whole time they have what's called the high watermark on the trading, meaning they don't get a performance fee until they get you your money. But they always get the fees. And the, one of the things the Bloomberg articles pointed out was they're throwing more fees into the investor thing. So, you know, whether it's paying for 13D or paying for GaveCal or Dennis Gartman, if he's still alive, you know, the investors pay for that directly. The legal fees, the investors pay for that directly. That doesn't come out of the 2% that these guys are getting on top of the fact that nobody has a hurdle rating. And so the cash that's sitting there, well, let's just make the math easy. Let's say they're getting 5% on cash that's sitting there. Um, they get 20% performance fee on 5%. So what's that? A percent that yeah, they're getting yeah. for showing up for doing yeah. nothing? Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to keep doing this stuff. And again, I know a lot of hedge fund guys out there. You're good people. You you really are. Okay. It's not too late to turn to the side of good and light. At least put a hurdle rate on it. Say I, you know, I'll get 20% after I beat the Fed funds rate. Okay. No way. Zero, zero chance. Never well, why would they? Why would they? Probably. <laughs> So and that's why I chuckle at this David Ivern. I, David, I, I, Einhorn. I know, I know. Yeah, because he's a great, he's a great poker player. Like he's, he's a champion poker. You know, same thing with the clown uh, Boaz Weinstein. You know, nobody talks about him blowing up the Deutsche Bank. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know. Um, a number of these guys, they they got blown out and they they started over. Mm -hmm. And you know, I guess that's okay. I, it was never really my approach. And as I look back on this a little bit, I I'm first and foremost, I'm delighted with my, how my life has worked out. You know, I, I I don't look back and say I wish I had worked more or I wish less. You know. It occurred to me, not as soon as it should have, but this FOMO thing. You know, I, I didn't call it FOMO at the time. That that phrase hadn't been coined. But I realized there was always going to be somebody that was going to have more money than me. Someone was going to have a prettier wife. Someone was going to have smarter kids, belong to more country clubs. So I just better settle in and decide what do I want with my life and get comfortable with it? And after 40 years of therapy, <laughs> finally got that belt buckle. You finally got the belt. buckle. I finally got that fucking belt buckle. That no, would have driven, driven you nuts though. If you didn't get the buckle, you wouldn't, you would have sat here and been like the one thing in life I regret is not doing Leadville again and getting my buckle, but you did it again. It, that would have bothered you. That would have bothered you. Somebody asked me about this. In fact, my climbing partner, 
the official guide service of Inside Baseball, the old chestnut, Marty Malatoris at Alpine Endeavors. We did some, for a Jewish guy, we did some hard stuff. And and the question came up, you know, why did you, why did you do it? And And it was a couple of reasons. One was the intense focus gave me a chance to take everything that I was thinking about that was on my mind and for two hours once a week, just completely, you, you just, I, I give you an example. I lost my focus one day. I slipped. I pendulumed. I broke a rib. And let me tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't eloquent or elegant. It, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You ever break a rib? No. No, it's, it's miserable though, right? Laughing hurts, breathing hurts. You can't everything. You every element. Now, but but oddly enough, I'm a very good bike rider. I don't. I didn't crash a lot, you know. So you're a little wobbly on the bike as as it, just to begin with. You're a little wobbly. So yeah. hot speeds and the wobbles, little frail Jewish guy. It's, it's not a good recipe. You know that it does lead us to the trivia question. Morris Sachs has gotten stitches in his life twice. What person was the same person with him the same time? And the answer, of course, is Jason Tullis. Yeah, of yeah. No yeah. Well, that's one of those things. You see someone do something. It's like, oh, fuck, that looks easy. I can do that. <laughs> um, but the idea, the idea, at least with the climbing, was I wanted a chance to clear my mind, Right. The mountain biking stuff started after we had met and we had been doing these, as you know, really intense group rides. And I had gotten to where I felt like I had become competent. And and to me, that, that really means something. You know, I I didn't make it around in every ride, but I made it around most rides. And and I felt like I was part of the group which was an achievement for being who I was in my background. Okay. Then the guy who uh, was, uh, did a lot of my mechanics, world's best wrench, Nate, started talking about this Leadville thing. And, uh, you know, I sponsored him a couple of times and he, he got it. And he was on me about, you got to do this. It's right up your alley. It's not technical. First of all, <laughs> I don't know how it's not technical when the guy not in front of me by 10 seconds, the last time I did it, crashed, hit a tree and died. <laughs> Some may consider that a technical course. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, you know, there's this element and it's not for everybody. Okay. But there's always been an element of me where I, I just wanted to see how far I could go and, 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 and just push it to just the edge. And, and you know, you have, these, you have these moments in life where, and, and I've talked about this before, uh, for those who don't know, the, there's this mountain bike race that's fairly well known. And some argue it's the hardest mountain bike race. I, I, I'm sure it's not. But it was the first of its kind, and it's fucking hard. There's just it's the hardest. I think it's the hardest bike race to, to from the gun. Yeah, dude, you got a th- pros that that guy's gunning for Leadville. That's a tough, big time race. Okay. So, okay, I'll 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 just say it's a hard race, and at mile eighty, you've been on the bike, I don't know how many hours, 10 hours, something. 10, 10. You hit the base of this thing called power line, which is, it's basically one mile at, I don't know, three, four, 5% grade. It gets steeper than that. My mountain biking shoes actually have metal cleats in the toes. So when you walk, you can get some purchase, right? And as Liam had mentioned, I, you know, had done this a couple of times and didn't didn't get the buckle. And so 
Jason, my coach, and I decided we were going to throw everything at it. Okay. And I spent two weeks beforehand in Telluride. I met him in Leadville. And we went out and we did this power line. And Liam's done it. And he, he can attest to the fact that if there's hell in mountain biking land, this is it. it it's yeah. just it the heat of the day, no shade. You're walking straight uphill. You can't. I mean, the pros can ride it. The the A riders can ride part of it, nah. but the bulk of it is fucking walking. And and so Jason and I are practicing this thing because what are you supposed to do? Practice the stuff you're good at? No, you practice the stuff you suck at. And I'm pushing this bike up the hill, and I look at this guy and who I, I hold in as high esteem as possible, and I look at him and I'm like, I'm. 30, I'm 49 years old. I'm a successful guy. I've accomplished everything in my life I've ever set out to do. What the fuck am I doing pushing a bike uphill? And he looks at me and he's like, you don't have to. But, but that's the event. <laughs> and, and I look at this man who I really, I can't tell you how much I respect this person. And I couldn't let him down. I couldn't look him in the eye, okay, with the commitment he has made, not just to cycling, but to me. You know, I mean, obviously, he was my coach, and I paid him. But, you know, these guys are not in the sport to get rich, right? They're doing it because they haven't been. You know, I couldn't look at that guy and leave anything behind, you know? And consequently, uh, you know, the following race, I got the buckle, and now I can, you know, Kaiser Soze, I can just disappear, which I plan on doing. But, you know, I wonder if, you know, for me, never having been in the military, which I, I think is was a shame, but... I, I really felt like this was one of the rare chances where I'm clearly not in my element. I mean, first of all, I wasn't a mountain biker. I was a road cyclist. And by the way, it's easy to go from mountain to road. People do that all the time. They don't go the other way, right? Never, never, never. So, and I did it. And what what's great about that is there's no wiggle room there's no you can pay a little extra and get to the front of the queue there, there there's nothing it's it's just fucking you against this mountain or mountains and there was something in there that just seemed uh like I had to, I had to really see if I had it in me, and then you know I I I'm did a disservice. I had my number one fan, my wife, and then my kids, and then many of my friends. And you know when you have all these people rooting for you, uh, how do you how do you let them down? I I I just I I just couldn't I I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And and looking back on that, you know. I, I feel as proud of that as I, I do about really anything we talk about on the show, you know, I know. Like this trade or that trade. And, <laughs> you know, that's um, part of it for me, dude. Like you can, have, you'll talk about the trades and you remember the big trades, but like, but you can remember that bike race from, from morning to night of that day. God. Well, you know, I, I, I think part of it is, People and it's it's not an insult. I don't think people comprehend how much planning and work goes into being able to do that race in under twelve hours. Now, there's plenty of guys you and I ride with. They could go out there and they could bang it out in ten, eleven hours, and it wouldn't be a big deal, right? I mean, that's just how it is. But, you know, 
at 50 something years of age, it's, it's a horse of a different color. Right. And, and, you know, uh, putting the time in was, was really, uh, really productive to me. So, um, Anyway, we received some really nice notes from, from some people. And one of the people that I used to work with, uh, uh, my friend Henson, had listened to the show and, and really liked the notion about managing trades. And, and he came back with a question I thought would be worth discussing, which is, you know, let's say you find a trade that you you love and and you know, you have certain risk elements, but even with all your risk elements, what if the thing goes completely south? Like it's just a five standard deviation move. You know, what, what do you do? And, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's the question. I, I don't know if I have any real answers. I, I, I had it happen to me a couple of times um, one was, uh, I bought some mortgage backed securities from the mortgage group. The guy who ran it asked me to buy a block. Um, and that was back when we were in the quasi partnership mode. So I felt like I was taking one for the team, but I didn't understand the trade. And so the, the, First thing to point out is I've learned the hard way. If you don't understand a trade, okay, don't do it. Don't trust somebody else. If you can't figure it out, I don't mean you have to discover it, but if somebody shows you a trade and you don't get it, leave it alone. There's, it's like, men, women, and buses. There's always another one coming along, right? So that was a disaster. Uh, we lost a huge chunk of money on it. But in this case, it came during the middle of the year. And so we had the internal capital, meaning we were up enough money. We went from being up X to 0.7 X. So that and again, that's not a great answer, um, but it was my own situation. I think the more telling one was the sort of the JGB problem we had where we had a very large trade on. And uh, to repeat something we've probably talked about a while ago, in Japan, the banks get to set the closing prices because the bonds trade on the stock exchange. And they uh, colluded without question to force the Americans out of the standard basis trade. And I, I don't think I've ever posted it on the website, but I have a, a quote sheet which shows, you know, 99% of the bonds were unchanged and the futures, which all the gaijing, meaning the Americans owned, were, were down like two points. You know, it was just total ass fuck. Mafia hit. And, it was a yeah. It was like in front of Sparks. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Paul Castellano. Yeah. So two things happened in that instance. It first of all, again, we were up some money, but it it wiped out my year. Okay. What I did, and this is unique to me in this time and place, but I got my partners together. And I went in a room and I put the trade on the whiteboard and I explained the trade to them. And I told them, I believe that this is the way to go. I'm not arguing we're supposed to add, but I'm willing to forego any compensation as long as you let me see this thing through, which was not even in another 90 days. It was something much less than that. And, you know, in the end, through various stories, I talked about how I got out of positions. It, it, I'm not going to claim I made any real money on it, but, it, you know, again, I knew my time and place. I, I knew the type of trade. It was my specialty. 
it went way further against me than I had any anticipation it possibly could have. But again, it was in the middle of the year and we were up some money. So I felt like I had a little bit more latitude and I felt that I had, I had partners who had my back. Now having your back on wall street isn't the same as Butch and Sundance coming out yeah. shooting, right? I mean, they're, they got your back as long as they think you're not going to cost them any money. Right. But, um, but that thing, that thing came out. Okay. You know, if you're a sole practitioner, I um, I would answer the question about sizing sort of like this. And again, it goes back to my friend Henson. We were, uh, and you like this, I think, we were snowboarding together at uh, Park City because uh, Deer Valley doesn't allow Jews. Oh, I mean, I mean snowboarders. I'm sorry. Um, and we were riding up the chain. <laughs> I know. Please, I didn't know. Throw the flag. Throw the flag. Fuck Deer Valley. Deer Valley, please. <laughs> I heard another good. There's. Come we on. went to a hockey game tonight. <laughs> okay. We did. No, we did. We saw the. Uh, we saw the Oilers play the whoever the Arizona hockey team is. So. Coyote. Coyote. Coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, there are more Jews that are the Messiah than are in the NHL uh, Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's probably a small right. Sources believed to be reliable. Yeah. But, um, when I was riding the chairlift with Hanson, who is... Um, probably a tiny bit older than you, but younger than me. Uh, he was uh, a very senior salesman at Greenwich Capital. And, and to this day, we keep in touch. I'm very fond, very bright man, uh, Princeton grad, you know, the whole thing gets it. But we were having a, a conversation and to the best of my recollection, I'm like, you know, you know what we're getting paid is ridiculous, right? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, somehow you have that ability to talk yourself into thinking that's the right number. But I, I said, you know, the way I live my life and the way you live your life is you have to assume that it stops tomorrow. Like not another penny is coming in. So if you're building this huge lifestyle for yourself, just be aware that there may come a time where you can't sustain it. And, um, you know, that was something that uh, I know he remembered and, and I've lived my life that way. What I find sort of interesting as uh, there, by the way, one of the employees of Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut violated internal compliance rules went out and bought NVIDIA and it went up like 60%. And this death sentence. It's gone. I, they, back when uh, I worked for Bobo and company, uh, we had this lovely lady who worked in compliance and I wasn't keen on asking permission for stuff. Yeah, forgiveness before better than yeah. So you know, yeah, um, and so I wasn't just accustomed to. So Bobby would call me up with some bonds and and uh, I say yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I buy these bonds and then the confirm would come through and this nice young lady would call me up and she says, "Did you buy these bonds?" And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry about that." And uh, and I explained it to her. She says, "Yeah, okay, but next time, you you need to you need to call." And I I I, I don't know. Um, needless to say, I just I just was not very good at following orders, and I I <laughs> tortured this poor woman needlessly. Uh, hopefully, she has, has since forgiven me or forgotten about me.
The other thing I remember about that place, I don't like to talk about it much mm -hmm. just because it wasn't mm -hmm. uh, a real special time in my life. They had a, a, a risk manager there and his name was Rupert. And I remember because Rupert is an unusual name. This guy was as stupid as the day is long. And what was he good at? Why was he there? <laughs> I took in a box. I don't, I don't know. I, okay. You know, it was just, just okay. one of those things. I, I hope he's still there. It's not a big shop. <laughs> well, nobody lasts there. Oh, too even yeah. the wives, even Bobo can't keep a wife. Let's see how long this one lasts. Oh, okay, all right. I thought this one already came off the rails. Talk to me about. <laughs> well, tell me about. Speaking of, uh, you talked about your uh, your municipal uh, crony down there. Um, have you, you talked about getting? Uh, you said you're. What did you say about? Um, you're perplexed. You're confused. You give up. Oh, you throw in the towel. You cried, Uncle. Well, no, cried so. Uncle. So if I may uh, move to the audiovisual portion of our broadcast, which is only audiovisual for me, I, I see the two you know is at a four sixty five, and the thirty years at a four point four six seven. So we're back to the inverted yield curve, and I've said over and over again, uh, that's not normal, and I'm tired of trying to scratch my head and figure out which way the economy's going. When Jim Grant tells you, you know, the year over year thing on the, you know, the 16% this and 8% that they can't figure out. So I'm just, I'm just taking a time out and earn my, what I did do was the bulk of the cash and um, I'm not making any investment advice. I'm just telling you what I did. But I bought the uh, the three month Treasury bill that's got a bond equivalent yield of like a three eighty eight. Excuse me, a five point three eight eight. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now you pay state you pay federal taxes on that. Okay. I don't think you pay state and local, so I mean that knocks the yield quite a bit, but it's as liquid as it gets, and I I I do think. Um, I, I do think we're nearing some inflection point, whether it's the Russia situation, whether it's the election. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I do feel like we're overdue for some turmoil. Um, the fact that everybody seems to think we're in a recession, yet the curve can't go positive. Credit spreads are very tight. Uh, you know, um, I'm not sure what's going on in the middle America, but rents in New York are again going through the roof. There's not enough housing. Uh, food prices don't sound to me like they're coming down. In fact, uh, Anthony Peters has mentioned what he had to pay for a price of a uh, head of uh, cauliflower, and it sounded like an awful lot of money. What's up with your uh, commercial real estate? Uh, you know, I'm kind of. No, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. I want. I want. I need. People want to know what is going on. I mean, when is the commercial real estate thing gonna? When is that gonna come home to roost? How is there oh, any yeah. buildings that are overdue on loans? I. What's going on with that? It's it's not that complicated. It goes like this. If you can make your loan, you're making your loan and the lender's keeping his fingers crossed. And if you can't make the loan payment, you have a sit down with your lender. And depending on, you know, the, the, the loan to value and this and that, there's a lot of deals getting cut. You know, there's that famous saying extend and pretend um you know I, and it's i hate to use this word but it's accurate it's it's very idiosyncratic you know so if you have a class a office building in a good part of town uh, you're getting a very nice rental return in fact you've seen some of these um 
funds buying commercial real estate, right? Because if you got, you know, uh, tushes in the seats and they're paying the rent, it's like any other real estate investment, you know, it's a good deal. If you got a class B or a class C building, you know, you got a problem on your hand. Maybe you can reconfigure it into housing. Maybe you can't. Maybe the lender remembers the last time there was trouble and you were a prick, you know, and that ain't going to go so well for you. Um, so, you know, the, the notion of idiosyncratic, meaning each is a case by case basis, I think really rings, rings true here. Where's that going to go? I, it sounds to me, as far as Manhattan goes, there is a bit of traction, meaning there are people looking for office space. Again, I, you know, I'm just not that tied into it. You know, we have a new building going up and, uh, you know, we had a deal to take the top floor and, uh, you know, the guy walked away. Um, it was a hedge fund guy and I, I had heard of him and I had mentioned to my partners, I would not lean on this thing. And, you know, they were disappointed when he pulled and I'm like, it's a blessing. And they're like, why? And I'm like, cause he was just going to be a cunt over the term of the lease. Right. Yeah. So better, better. Okay. But my understanding is we're getting some real traction on sort of the, the middle level stuff. I, I don't think we've, we've signed any leases yet, but the building's not finished. It's far from finished. And, uh, What's the date on completion? I would guess it's another nine months. Oh, you're getting um, close. Yeah. And and this is when people start signing leases for new space, right? They they like new space and they're not going to sign a lease for something 24 months out, right? What um, is it? Mixed use? What's the what is the um I think for city uh, or something? <laughs> the um the street level is gonna be commercial. I think whether it's sort of um office type food preparation you know like yeah yep. yeah and, and the rest of the stuff is probably going to be more financial oriented family offices yeah maybe some small investment banks yeah. uh, you know i don't know but it, it's it was one of these buildings constructed during the covid so not only does it have the you know the newest and the security features it's got all the uh uh the the bio uh Smart yeah. it, it actually now that covid's over and done with it's a waste of money but it, it's actually quite impressive what people have come with versus you know uh, so you would have the old school hepa filter mm -hmm. it's a standard kind of thing but now even the there's light bulbs you can use in bathrooms there's finishes you can put on counters you know, that sort of thing. But it is important to note that one of the greatest accomplishments in medical science was a doctor discovered that if he washed his hands between visits, going from room to room in the hospital to the patient, a huge percentage of the patients live longer, okay? And he earned such respect for this achievement he was pronounced crazy, thrown in a mental institution, and beaten to death. This is a true story, okay? So, you know, um, everyone uh, thinks they're so fucking smart, and wow. here we are. So, um, All right, so commercial real estate doesn't bother you? Your Manhattan is still the place? Well, I, I, I don't want to say it doesn't bother me. I don't have any loans out the commercial real estate guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying the state of the situation in general for our audience that, that hears. Because the fear-mongering about commercial real estate and empty office buildings and, and Manhattan and crime and cities and, and all, it's gonna, the banks are going to have to take huge losses and they're hiding it and you just, it's going to happen. Like, is it? I'm like, eh, is it? Is it? You know. Well, you, you let, let's be pragmatic about it, okay? If really, if people really believe that, would the stock market be at all time highs? 
I, I, you know, I'm not a stock guy. We've all come to realize that that's true. Paradoxical situation. The stock market's separate from the crime in Manhattan, okay? Manhattan real estate. The stock market doesn't reflect Manhattan real estate. Right? I, I don't, look, all I know is this. Maybe David Einhorn's right. Maybe the market's broken. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Maybe his schmuck investors believe him. Dude, you know, speaking... meant to, we meant to talk about the other David, okay? They backed up the money truck for Solomon. Oh, David Solomon. Yeah, he all that time well, on Einhorn. Talk yeah. about the uh, somebody came up with a better lie than blowjobs aren't sex, and it's <laughs> this guy. I'll tell you what, he earned every penny of it. He convinced that gang of fools known as the board of directors of Goldman Sachs. He's got how, fucking, how fucking stupid are you people? I don't know how there isn't a class action suit. Suing, and you know why? It's because they all have insurance. They don't give a fuck. They're getting their twenty million bucks. They're getting their reservations at the famous yeah. restaurants through True. the Golden. Yeah. They're flying on the company jet. Why are they gonna tell me? Why are they gonna rock the boat? Oh, they're gonna duck those headlines from the post. They don't care about inside baseball talking shit. They really don't. Nope. Keep David at the helm. I take offense to talking shit. I, as a member of the, what are we, the fourth or the fifth estate? I the, think the fourth estate. Yeah, yeah. We have an obligation to to bring these things to our listeners. I know it's true. I do want to make one little comment about private equity. Okay. Um, if I may, I, I know it's a bugaboo with our good friend Anthony Peters, but years ago, back when I was at Greenwich Capital, a number of these guys got involved with a private equity firm. And I, I will be polite and not use their name because they suck dick in terms of the job they did. And I knew something wasn't going to be right when I'm in fund number two. And they send out a memo how they're about to buy 100% of the Greek yellow pages. Now, for those of you too young to know, when Liam and I were young, before the internet, if you wanted, like, let's say there was a cute girl you met in class and you wanted to ask her out on a date, you would go home and you would get the phone book. It was a book and it was thick and it had everyone's name from alphabetical order and you would, you would look it up. And then somebody got an idea, maybe businesses might put ads in. And that Triple A became, carding, <laughs> Triple A concrete. Those guys figured yeah. it out quick. <laughs> so they developed the yellow pages. Okay. So along comes this island of Greece and they, you know, I've been there, M Mykonos and I, it's beautiful. And Zervo owns a place there. He's always there. And it's really, it, but they have the internet there. Yeah, and yeah. I remember talking to EG about this going, geez, man, I, I'm a little, this one I don't get. Right. Why are we buying something that's going the wrong way? And he's like, look, Doc, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think they just, you know, hit a lot of putts. Some of them go in. And when they go in, they pay off big. So my life to date return, gross, gross, is eight is 6.3%. Gross. So I'm guessing neg it's negative net. What's the S&P up? 50 times? <laughs> Good Lord. So, oh, yeah. Please, everyone who listens, that's what you should do. Take your money, give it to hedge funds, give it to private equity. You know, you're better off playing the lottery at this point. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay. So, that it? We ran out of time? Oh, I got another 10 minutes. I want to hear about, um, you said you're going to wait until three months. Why the three months and not six months? You just want to get the higher rate? Yeah, I, I think the higher rate, but I, 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 I think that once again, the economic statistics, I, I just don't have, I'm, I'm admitting my, 
inability to kind of get a visualization. And, you know, over the three years we've been doing this, we've not been right about everything. I mean, Tether, F. We we missed, I mean, maybe it's a fraud, but they got away with it, okay? And, and I'll say the royal we, but me mostly. I was, to this, to my day I die, I'm convinced that thing was a fraud, okay? Bitcoin, again, I, I, I still think it's a fucking joke, but hey, it didn't work. I was wrong, okay? I, I, I'm okay with being wrong. I was just going to say, but I'd rather be happy and wrong about it than, than go on, go on, go but on. The, but so we're in a situation now where I, I don't see anything jumping at me. And every week we get up here and I spew the venom about this and that. But if I'm going to tell people, you know, David Einhorn's an idiot for saying the market's wrong. And I tell people, if you're unsure, get the flat. And I don't get the flat. I'm no better than him. Right. So I've taken a lot of risk out. And the three-month bill is the easiest thing. And there's still a lot of Fed easing. And I don't know whether you were serious or not. And don't take this as an insult. But you were wondering if the next move was a tightening. Larry Summers said it. Larry Summers said it with a straight face. If Larry Summers is going to say it, well, I, well, you know? He, he was saying anything to get invited back to Jeffrey Epstein's island. Uh, you you said sorry. there's a chance, though, but you said, I don't, I don't. Is there a chance? There is absolutely a chance. If you get three or four hot, pay, hot inflation numbers and you get three or four hot payroll numbers, that that talk will begin. Yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe and they whack they whack you right before summer, or maybe on summer vacation. You know, like maybe the end of the summer if th things aren't. You know, I mean, we're in February, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, February to June is what four months. Yeah. You know, like that movie Fargo. A lot can happen in the middle of nowhere. They're not gonna cut, Rafi. The, the the verbiage, the tone. There's been no hint, no none of, not even any, none of those big mouths, Raphael Bostic, mess. I haven't heard a single soundbite that they've all seemed pretty much on the same page about wait and see, wait and see. We're gonna wait and see, you know. Okay. So I've just heard everything you said, and I know you scrutinized the papers, mm -hmm. and I respect that. Okay, yeah. and and so. Watch what they do, not not what they say. We, you and I, are not highly levered speculative traders. We are investors, okay? Let's wait till we can read the tea leaves and figure out what's an asymmetrical bet. And I don't think right now, so, so right now what's going on is the Zervos meme is running through the market thought where, and by the way, guys killed it. I yep. mean, I've known him a long time, very bright guy, all that. And I'm not making fun of him, but his current philosophy is if something bad happens, the Fed is going to come in and it's going to make nice. Tough to argue. It's tough to argue. But I, I'm not leaning on that, you know? What happens if all of a sudden the Fed decides they don't want to look political and they don't want to be easing because I'm right? Or something, um, uh, what's the word that I like to use, which is awful big sounding, but you have a a, a jump in the market, like a dis, discontinuous market, right? It, by the time the Fed gets around to doing something, you're out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's okay to panic as long as you're first. And the chance of being the first guy to panic is very low. So I would rather, especially, again, I've said this too many times, 
I don't ever remember being able to get the highest rate with the least amount of risk. And, you know, maybe I'm going to miss out on something, but I can't be mad if I miss out on something when I don't see it. So anyway, I'm getting hungry. How about you? All right. Come on. All right. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm dismissed. <laughs> anyway. I, I kind of agree with Zervos. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, like, it's, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, it's just, a, I don't want to get into it now, but yeah. Well, like, I can see why you agree with him because he's said that for years and he's been right. I, I mean, I'm not saying but, he's been wrong. I'm just saying if I'm running a large position, I'm not leaning on keeping right. my fingers closed. Because remember the last couple of times they came to the market's rescue, there was a lot of jawboning. Yeah. I, you know, what if he decides to take an extra three weeks or four weeks or six weeks? Yeah, yeah six weeks. Yeah. People don't have that staying power. So, yeah. All right, buddy. Good to see you. What's wrong? What's what's you're not happy with that? <laughs> Good to see, no, Good I, to see I, you. <laughs> no, I, 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 I feel like I did a bad job communicating the the confusion, but no. Uh, well, what the fuck? There's nothing. To, how would you communicate the confusion? Think about that sentence. It, you know, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it, it falls under the umbrella. You said it before because you said it's going to be choppy data. It's going to be tough to read. You're going to get good reads, bad reads. The data, yeah. this, that, and and then bang, here we are. So it's been absolutely on script. Did, Just did I say that? Yeah, fuck yeah, you said that. You were like, yeah, dude, it's, that I don't sounds, know. That sounds smart. Maybe it wasn't you. I can do things. <laughs> yeah, I'm smart. Go eat, you're hungry, okay? <laughs> I've been hungry since you were talking about Leadville. Goodbye. Take care, have a good night. All right, pal.